Well, I just have one question for you. Are you ready to win? Winning with Waterfall Racing Podcast is all about helping you achieve your goals through our community. We have an incredible community of top age groupers, of beginners, of the most incredible pros, and we all come together to support each other. And we want you to be a part of the journey with us. As you know, triathlon is addicting. It's addicting because we become addicted to bettering ourselves, to growing ourselves, to seeing how far we can push the limits of our physical capabilities. And it starts with the mental mindset as well. The strength begins there. So come with us as we learn about health, as we learn about tips, as we learn about gear, as we learn about what our pros are up to. And as most importantly, we support each other through this journey. Welcome to the Waterfall Racing Podcast. Well, hi, hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Waterfall Racing Podcast. So excited that you decide to spend some time with us. It's funny, I was explaining to somebody outside of, you know, the triathlete type of community, how I think in a sense, we crave music, we crave podcasts, the longer, the better. Uh, I know I went for a ride, uh, not, not even into my long, long rides yet, but I was thinking, okay, how many podcasts can I find that will last, you know, minimal an hour so I don't have to be switching it out. And we're always looking for things to kind of keep us going as we start getting into longer and longer sessions. So I got two good podcasts in this last week while I climbed Mount Chiha, and then I just went straight into music. So I had about a good, close to a three hour ride climbing the mountain and uh, it's always fun. I kind of just put my phone on speaker. I have a little, I have one of those sports bras where the phone sits, you know, right on my back. So the the sound is right by my ears and I can ride and listen. And uh, it just makes the the time go by that much quicker and keeps me a little distracted uh, when the climbs get hard. But excited to, you know, hopefully be on your podcast list and help you get through some of your workouts. So please share with me if that's the case. It's always great to hear from you guys and also great to hear, you know, what else you're looking to, you know, to get, what kind of information would you like us to bring you? We're always open to suggestions. But before I jump in, I want to let you know that we're so grateful for Stargazer Barn Flowers. You guys, I have gotten four bouquets now from them. Beautiful, beautiful flowers. And I never really considered myself somebody that was into like, you know, asking for flowers or buying flowers. But it's just been so refreshing to get these flowers and to have them sitting out. And there's just something about it that is kind of relaxing. And uh, I, I really am, I think I'm, di- I'm addicted now to, to wanting fresh flowers around the house. But they are partnering with us, with our podcast, reaching out to our triathlon community. And today you have a chance to win a free bouquet. I'm also going to give you a coupon code so that you can, if you don't win, you can order one, get two. And that code, hold on, let me look it up. I had it right here. That code is Joyful Flowers. And you can go to stargazer, G-A-Z-E-R barn.com, enter that code, and that should work for you. 
And if you get it in time, you might just get it in time for Valentine's. We're kind of running it close here. But I believe Monday morning, uh, 6 a.m. Pacific time. If you get it in by then, there's a good chance that you will get it before Valentine's Day. So go check them out. I was super excited because I was talking with the owner and I was like, how cool would it be to, you know, send a bouquet of flowers when your friend, you know, finishes that first Ironman or maybe just a bouquet to send to your coach to say, you know, I really appreciate all the years you've been with me, like, or your mother or anybody. I mean, there's always an occasion for flowers and I think it's a, you know, really neat way to let somebody know that you care. So go check them out. So the question, I'm going to give it to you before we even jump into the, the episode. The question today is, as we talk to Danielle Lewis, who was the first person that really inspired her in endurance sport? It's right at the beginning of my talk with her. So you should be able to grab that answer. Message me at McAdams 5 And if you're the first one, you're going to win this bouquet. But today's episode is so exciting. We're going to talk with Dr. Ann Shivas. She's an epigenetics expert. She's also a former pro soccer player. So today when we get into women's hormones and performance... She knows she's been there. She's been under the pressure to act like, really like we're just little men, right? And like, there's no difference for us in our feeling, in our energy, in our capabilities throughout the month. And, you know, so many women as athletes, especially young women, they don't even mention to their coaches if they don't feel comfortable enough that, you know, maybe they need to let up a little bit or, you know, get a little bit more grace on this session. And there's really a need for us to respect, you know, where we are during the month and maybe lay off a little bit because that's what our body needs. And that's what's going to help us come back and perform even stronger. So love that she gets into this. We're actually going to do a two-part series of this. And then we're going to get into getting to know Danielle Lewis a little bit more, how she came to the sport and all things Alcatraz. Alcatraz is such a cool race. It's on my bucket list. It's actually one that I got into the lottery for it. And then I had another race. But honestly, I think bottom line, I just kind of chickened out. So it is something that I still want to do. So exciting. And after hearing her today, it made me, you know, even more excited to go do that race. So here we go. Let's jump in two great discussions with Dr. Ann Chivas first, and then we'll jump in with Danielle Lewis. Well, I'm so excited to have Dr. Ann Chivas back with us here on the Waterfall Racing Podcast. And funny story, she has been tracking down good Wi-Fi uh, to do this, and she had to drive. She's in New Zealand, and she had to drive to the top of the mountain, and she's like, let me just send you a picture of where I am to get the service. And the view is gorgeous, you guys. So, Ann, thanks for driving to the top of the mountain. Um, I'm totally <laughs> jealous. It's beautiful. You have a beautiful view to have this discussion with us today. Uh, but you said there's floods and stuff going on. So I know. Yeah. Oh, thanks for being so patient with me. Gosh, the Wi-Fi has been an interesting navigation over the past few weeks, I think. So yeah, yeah, but but the content is so good. We are willing to, to fight through it. And, um, today's (laughs) topic is, I think, you know, something that so many women specifically, and even, you know, these men who are coaches to women, I think it would be so helpful to kind of understand, and we're going to get into, you know, the hormones and human performance. So, and mm. I'm going to let you just jump in. Uh, we all know that, I mean, there are times throughout our month where we feel like rock stars. 
And then there's times where <laughs> we are just struggling and, you know, there's so many questions like, should we just push through, you know, what can we do to maybe alleviate the ups and downs? Um, but I, I just want you to jump in and start with, you know, where do we even start with all of this? Yeah. Oh, gosh. So I think like we maybe talked about is this might be, you know, a two part series for yeah. women and I can go into men maybe on a part three because um each gender, I would say, deserves their own, I should say each sex, I guess, deserves their own, um, you know, part of how, how they recover. And that's really what it's all about. Um, and just before I start, I'm going to send you a really nice photo of this and you can post it to your viewers when you yes. start, so they can see where I am. And uh, yeah, it's um, it's actually quite relaxing. Maybe I'll always come here to do to chat well, with podcast, you. Podcast. Yes. Um, and the Internet's actually really good. So, um, but, so you know, for women. I, I think the first part to go into is is some self-education. You know, what are hormones and what is a hormone imbalance? And then um, perhaps we can talk about what it looks like when we're getting to places with hormone imbalances and, um, and some causes of that. And then um, we can talk about how to naturally, I'm more on the natural side, but how to naturally, you know, balance your hormones. And there's, you know, some testing we can do and things about that. So... The endocrine system, um, even for both sexes, is something to look at. Get to know it, love it, <laughs> you know, yeah. understand it. And um, what the endocrine system does and the glands do is they operate quite a bit of functionality in, in the body, in the body, um, like the, the pituitary gland, the pineal gland, the thymus, thyroid, adrenal glands. That's going to be a big one to talk about because um, overuse of adrenals, um, pancreas, which, you know, we can have some sugar issues and then, you know, our reproductive organs. So for women, you know, when we're talking about that, if we have excess or deficiencies of hormones produced by our endocrine glands, um, we're going to get some changes in the body because we're out of a balance and, and we might be in an overstress state or, um, I would say, yeah, a stress state where our body just can't fully recover. And that's really how we get into this in the first place. So to all your listeners um, and to your crowd, really, it's it's the question is, is like, are you women out there overtraining, <laughs> you know, and um, and and how do you know if you're overtraining? And so I'm, I'm curious, you know, to ask you, have you felt like you've ever overtrained and what would that feel like to you? Oh, absolutely. Um, and I think it, it, I really start to ride the line as I get close to that taper week, which is, you know, usually the week leading up to the race where we finally kind of, you know, let back a little bit to let our body, you know, kind of get ready for the big day. But especially probably that last week and a half where the sessions are just at their max, you know, and, and it's been weeks of training really hard, uh, getting to that time, you know, you're just more emotional, uh, the motivation seems to go away to, you know, want to go do those sessions to want to push. And yeah, you just wake up and you feel completely flat. And then the other thing I kind of would describe is there's not a return on energy. So like, you know, usually mm -hmm. you'll be tired to start a session, but then once you get going, once you get warmed up, you kind of feel like this return of energy and then boom, you're into it and you're going and you kind of feel like everything's pumping. Right. And when you're at, I know when I'm at that point where I'm putting out the energy 
and there's no return. Like there's not a return. I'm just going flatter and flatter and, you know, there's no pump, you know, to say there's no You're trying to feeling trying to get through your day. <laughs> yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And that's actually a really great way to describe it because I think um, all women athletes do describe it a bit differently, but you know, there's that muscle weakness, mm-hmm. um, that fatigue, um, you know, aches, tenderness, stiffness, like you're not re- recovering. And these are all symptoms to look for, you know, right. um, sometimes uh, just that restless sleep, like we mm-hmm. can't come off that adrenaline high to get to sleep because we're so wired all the time. Right. Um, we'll see, you know, different like frequent ur- urination. So getting up to go to the washroom all the time. Um, and I've also seen, you know, people, uh, women, especially with um, some depression um, uh-huh. or like just puffiness in general, because uh, their adrenals are so overworked that the body is retaining fluids and can't flush it out and detox properly. So, you know, we get this puffiness in, in the muscles or the face or, you know, different parts of the body. And some women describe it as, you know, bloating and things like that, too. So these are all beautiful signs lots of them <laughs> for us yeah. to um watch as as we're going through and it's really no matter who you are because um you know the women we go on a, a monthly cycle and and everyone's experienced some of those symptoms one way or another so you'll know how your body reacts because you've been on your monthly cycle for quite a while so start to note you know those little things because they can add up to something bigger um like a chronic fatigue syndrome over a long period of time really important right Mm -hmm. right right so when we are looking you know through the women's cycle why is it that there's sometimes you know throughout the cycle where we feel really strong um and even like if you were planning a race and you see the date of the race and you're in touch and you're thinking wow that's you know that's setting up to be a great you know time of the month for me to race and then there's other times where you know the energy we know is going to be lower and then obviously um you know then there's the worst time where you're like i don't know if i can even be out there racing during that week you know Um, yeah so can you touch on all of that? Yeah, so we go on a monthly hormone cycle. And, you know, I can get into details maybe around solutions of that um, later. But each woman will be a bit different. You know, we'll have to track our cycles. And we produce hormones on a monthly cycle that looks different. So, you know, on the week, you know, where you're on your cycle and you're having your period, this is a time to detox and rest. Um, our body is not producing as much testosterone in that week, naturally. And, you know, let's put nature on top of it. What does your body do, right? Naturally, your body wants to rest. It's almost like a detox. Right. And I'm going to get, you know, really into it and just say it how it is. We're losing blood. Right. You know, and so, you know, and then this is where it comes down to, like, our body needs to also make blood. Right. to um to keep us alive and to keep us going so as we lose blood volume we feel weaker we feel more tired and um i think a lot of women and even when i was going through as an athlete you were told to just like push through it right. push through it it doesn't matter and right. I'm, i'm now you know that i'm in my 30s and i'm just like why did i do that to myself yeah and yeah. um you know and and the thing is we all did it 
we all just said, oh, well, you know, it's game day, pop in, you know, an anti-inflammatory and off you go. Right. But then over time, when we don't give our body that rest and, um, and a way to really just, you know, heal itself on a monthly basis, you know, we get things over time, like, you know, PCOS, where people get really, and women get really um, insane, you know, period cramps and period pains and things like that. And so um, if we don't let our body heal over time, we are going to pop up with some, some pretty serious symptoms of hormonal imbalances. And oftentimes, you know, that can be pretty painful for some, for some women. I think we've all heard stories or experienced it ourselves, yeah. right? Yeah. So, and then it becomes the norm, but it's not normal. It's right. not normal at all. Um, and, and, you know, I think women have said to themselves, oh, it's just normal, you know, I'll pop something in and get through it. But I, I like to say, hello, you know, that's your body sending you a message that it needs some pretty deep healing to get back onto its, its hormone cycle. Otherwise, you know, you're going for some kind of chronic disease of some sort you know um and and the other thing i would say too is um traumas uh there's some wonderful trauma healers out there but um you know and sometimes we choose our sport to um you know want to compete and want to thrive and then i say dive deeper into yourself too and know why you're doing it this is you know your total stuff on the mindset and everything know why you're doing it um, but then, you know, is there traumas that, that you're dealing with, that you haven't dealt with, that you're blanketing? And is it, there a time where you need to go in and inter-reflect on yourself? Right. And um, there's been, you know, we hang on to different traumas in our life, however we view them. And that can, you know, cause pain as well, even if we've, you know, packed it up in a box in our head and want to forget about it. Um, the mindset work you do would really help people to be like, okay, why am I doing this? You know, what's my purpose about it? Am I in flow with this or am I doing it for another reason? Um, and, and so we want to look at the whole body around this kind of stuff. Right, right, right. So you would suggest really, you know, being diligent. Um, you know, most of us have coaches who plan out, you know, we have our whole month plan ahead of us as we look. Um, so, you know, be open, communicate with our coach, you know, this is a week that I'm, you know, maybe we can dial back a little bit on the sessions. I'm going to need a little bit more rest. Um, and then maybe even as we look at our schedules, you know, schedules so that maybe we can be getting in bed a little bit earlier, you know, having a little mm -hmm. bit less stress during that week. Any, you know, because all stress, even life stress is still stress on the body. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, even if we can really be diligent about that and say, you know what, this week, I'm just going to maybe, you know, shift some work meetings, shift, you know, some of my obligations and really try to any other way I can make it to where it's not, uh, you know, a really intense week so that my body can take the the time to do what it's made to do. Right. And, and to, exactly. you know, embrace that as this is that one time a month that my body's saying, pull back, chill out you know, relax, let me do my thing and don't try to push through, um, you know, and stay on the same level everywhere in your life that you are. Uh, so, I mean, that's, yeah. that's really eye-opening. And that's why it's called a cycle, right? right? Because in a cycle, you don't do everything the same generally. And, and so, you know, in our cycle, we want to regulate our life around um, what's happening in our bodies and so on. And just to, you know, touch on that time of day, time of month, um, which has the fancy word now, 
trending called chronobiology. So it means what you're doing at what time of day, what you're doing each month, what you're doing each year will create an impact on your body. And um, this is huge because let's say, you know, a woman is uh, exercising till 8 p.m. at night, but then she wants to go to bed by, you know, 10. But right. she can't get to sleep because she hasn't come off her cortisol sure. high, which, you know, is sure. just pumping the adrenals. And she can't get to sleep till, you know, 1130, let's say. And then she's got to wake up at five to go to work and so on. So that daily cycle alone isn't benefiting her. Right. Um, we want to get off your adrenaline high by 6 p.m. So I always say no exercise after six. Now, you know, how do you work that in with work? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, like not all anyway if people are going to do it and um so that's you know your daily cycle and everybody no matter what body type they live in and we've talked about the six body types they need to be asleep by 11 p.m because your organs and your hormones go and try to you know get back on their own cycle while you're sleeping so that recovery recovery and sleep component is massive and then during your cycle ladies um, you need, you'll need more sleep, you know, eight to nine hours. Uh, this is the going kind of standard rate, sometimes 10 hours. If you've had some really big weeks and are overexerting your body, you need that recovery. So, you know, just that daily thought alone of when you're exercising, what you're doing, am I getting the recovery? It's going to change the outcome of, you know, your cycle. Am I in pain? Do I need more rest? Have I been doing that self-care each day of each right. month? To lead up to my cycle as well right. so these are you know some of the details we really want to be talking about yeah 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 so did you i guess we'll save some of the things that we can do um as far as foods even um to help alleviate some of the symptoms for our uh you know for our our, our second discussion on this but um yeah it's it's, it's really important that we think about this and and i think the most important takeaway for us women athletes is, you know, don't take that mindset. I'm just going to push through, like truly <laughs> listen to your body do. And, and obviously there's times you're not going to be able to, you know, do all the sit back and relax and do, I get it. I mean, this is real life and there may be races that are going to fall, you know, key races that are going to fall during that time too. And, you know, sometimes it's unavoidable, but if we can just go with that mindset takeaway and, you know, forefront of our mind that as much as we can, let's respect this time and let's use it as a time, like you said, you know, for the body to be able to heal and recover and try to take it lighter, you know, any way we can. Um, and, and our body is going to love us back for that, no doubt. <laughs> oh, without a doubt. Yeah. And um, there's, you know, I think next session, what we can talk about is just, you know, how to help our bodies balance our hormones so there's some you know tips we can talk about that and and then i can get into maybe what a monthly schedule in general looks like so you know when are the times to lift a little bit more heavy and to exert a little bit more and then um you know those first two to three days of, of our cycle though i can definitely say you know everyone should be taking that time off um you know light walks are okay but um yeah, we can get into it a little bit more specifically on the next one if you want around specific timing of month as well. That sounds good. And you guys, this is coming from a former pro soccer player. So she knows the game. Yeah. Who had adrenal fatigue. 
<laughs> yeah, she knows the pressure yeah. to push. I mean, there is nothing pushing like those soccer matches. They are next level. I mean, you are going full speed. Um, it's you know, it's it's high intensity, and to play on that level, I, I can't imagine. Um, well, and know. just to speak into that space of it, Joy, you know, the pressure that came around it. Yeah. You know, you know, you're just not feeling good on on a certain day, and yeah. you just don't say anything because. Yeah you know, there's, you don't want to lose your spot. You don't want to let down your team. And so that whole mindset perspective around it as well plays a big impact. And I think just the fact that we're having this discussion and hopefully, you know, some younger women are on this too, that, um, and, and if, even if they're in uni and stuff, they can just start having this chat, um, because it's, it's an important chat to have. And like you said, I think a lot of coaches, should really be aware of this and understand the human being behind the sport as well yeah and um i'm thinking they coming into play which is really beautiful so yeah 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 Yeah. well thank you so much for bringing light to this and we'll look forward to the you know the second discussion on it um but enjoy your view now you just need to sit back there and uh and uh, just do some (laughs) reflection do some journaling or something because you you went to the top of the mountain for us we appreciate it so i hope you get a little bit send your viewers a nice little photo (laughs) i know i sure will thank you so much Anne. and where can people find you um i have my wellevate site coming out which is um you know it'll be out in the next week or so and um i do some private consulting on there um and there's a community on there where i'm actually going to be talking about more depth of personalized health um how to treat your individual body what's best for you and um that's really where i i see a lot of the you know, alternative medicine world heading, it has to be individualized. So for people to learn about their own needs, um, I believe is going to be really beneficial, you know, from now going into the future, even especially for those high performers who need that one to 2% gains. So, um, you know, there's lots of info coming out. Um, I've, I've been actually really busy. So I keep saying it's coming, it's coming. It is coming. (laughs) I swear. Um, and, uh, yeah, I guess, you know, we're just putting some final touches on it to make the customer journey quite a beautiful experience. So okay. that's where we're at. at the well, we'll, yeah. we'll keep checking in on you with that. Um, but yeah, enjoy your time up there and we'll catch up with you next time. Awesome. Thanks, Joy. Well, I'm here with Danielle Lewis, one of our waterfall racing pros, and we wanted to just get her beginnings, kind of let you guys get to know her a little bit more. We've seen her have, you know, some amazing, uh, you know, racing this last year. But Danielle, let's just start off with, you know, what got you into triathlon? And, you know, what made you what was the race that helped you go pro and the decisions behind all of that? Yeah, well, thank you, Joy, for having me on the podcast. Uh, It's really cool that you guys are doing this and giving us the opportunity to be on it and talk to you. Um, so yeah, so my journey is like a lot of triathletes, probably not very linear. Uh, my, my mom was, she did, uh, marathons and some triathlons too, when I was growing up. And I remember I'd always be like at the finish lines of her, um, marathons. She'd actually have me volunteer. I don't know how old I was, maybe like, I don't know, 10, 11, 12 years old. 
and I'd be, I'd volunteer, but I would be at like the finish line volunteering. That's so um, cool. She, I love it. Yeah. She'd hand me off to the volunteers and I'd say, okay, have a good race. And then <laughs> I, yeah. And I would also like, uh, she was with team and training, um, with a, I'm not sure if you're familiar with team and training. Um, but it's a big kind of national group where they do, yeah, uh, I'm yeah. not sure. Are they, I think they're still around. Um, yeah, I think they are. Yeah. So I would rollerblade while she would go out for her long runs. Super um, cool. <laughs> so anyways, I, she would kind of also put me in some of the like run races here and there. And, um, that kind of exposed me to some endurance sports, yeah. but, um, in high school, I played volleyball, basketball, and then I ran cross country and track, but I hated running. Um, that wasn't something that I started to enjoy until like, I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe even in college, really, like really kind of enjoying um, just the art of running. And, uh, but I always believed, you know, it was my God given talent. So yeah. I was going to do my best to be a good steward of the talents I was given. Love it. Love <laughs> and it. yeah. And I, you know, I did well, um, obviously I earned a full scholarship to run in college um, and I that's ran... what I was going to say, cause that's kind of what you're mm-hmm. known for. So it's funny that it wasn't an instant love. It was something that, no, yeah, you know, it was, I, I really hated it. I, you know, I don't that's know why. Funny. Yeah. Um, I, I ran the 800 in high school. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. And, then, and for track and... that's considered long. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like a, yeah, that's great. You know, it's like a, it's a, it's basically a sprint for yeah. half a mile. Um, it, it hurts Damn a me. lot, but I feel like each each distance has a different type of hurt though yeah um that's a conversation for another day <laughs> no that's <laughs> but a good i yeah i did in college the 800 um, to start off with and i moved up to the mile and then the steeplechase ultimately um which i did pretty well there um i actually went to nationals in the steeplechase and then i had qualified in the beginning round and made it to the finals, but I got like food poisoning the night before the race. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I ended up having to get an IV before the race and, um, I started the race, but it wasn't very pretty. <laughs> yeah. I can imagine. Wow. Yeah. But, uh, anyway, so I wanted to run professionally after college, but I ended up getting sick my senior year. Um, and it took me out for another, my senior year. So I wasn't able like I had a red shirt available, but it wasn't really an option, just the timing and the scholarship funds that were available. Um, and so ended up cutting my running career short and I took a year off to let my body recover. Um, and I gained like 50 pounds in a year cause I was pretty depressed with how running ended. Um, so abruptly, mm-hmm. uh, I, just didn't exercise and I probably ate a lot of cereal. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was like the end of a dream. It was like you had this whole, you know, kind of dream yeah, exactly. out and then boom, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, yeah, that's just, that's a big struggle. Yeah. And you bring up a good point. You know, ever since I was a little girl, I always said I wanted to be a professional athlete and I didn't care really what sport it was in. Um, you know, of course I was more interested in things like running and um, maybe cycling and maybe not like Taekwondo, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wanted to be a professional athlete in something. Um, just cause I like the idea of working out all day, which I'm not so sure. I love it. Like love the idea of working out all day, <laughs> every day of the year. But anyways, another conversation. Yeah. Another yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but anyways, I always knew that I wanted to, um, to do that, um, into the own, 
you know, flashback to, to college when things ended pretty abruptly, it was, it was a hard, it was a hard time because my identity was so wrapped up in running. Um, and for it to end like it did, it just didn't make sense with what I had believed that I would end up doing. Um, but then also, so my body fat got really low. Um, I had a DEXA scan done and I, my lowest was around like 4% body fat, which is, wow. um, like way, way too low for a female. And this, yeah, this was before, uh, universities were really pushed to monitor female health. Um, you know, now they're really big on like monitoring for the female uh, athlete triad. And if you have like two of the three issues, it's like, um, your body fat percentage, your bone density, and then your eating patterns. Um, if you have two of the three things that are off and they basically like sideline you. Um, and they didn't, they didn't really do that so much when I was running. Um, they're more strict on it now, which is good. Um, but yeah, it wasn't so much that I, we, we say that as a team, we were fairly competitive. Like it seemed like it was a healthy competitive at the time, um, within our run group, but, um, we don't say that we had eating disorders, although there were a couple that legit had to go, um, get some help with some things, but we all had some sort of disordered, uh, eating, if that makes sense. Right. right. Or relationship kind of like, with food. Yeah. Like an unhealthy, maybe relationship right. with food because, because you were mm-hmm. pushed to be as light as possible. Is that kind of the, well, the direction? Maybe more so amongst the team members, not so much the coaches. Okay. Not, it wasn't like, is it wasn't how I had heard about it. Some universities where they had consistent weigh-ins and then yeah. you were only allowed to eat like whatever you could put in a bowl for the day. Oh I mean, there were some crazy yeah. things that, that, that was done. Um, but that, that wasn't that extreme where I was. Okay. Um, it's yeah. But naturally my build is one that it's pretty easy for me to get pretty lean. Uh-huh. Um, and so anyways, it got pretty lean. And so I think that when I stopped running, my body had this like rubber band effect, right. Where it was yeah. like, okay, I'm finally having this like rest period and I'm just going to hold on to everything that I can get. Right. 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 Um, so, uh, yeah. So then anyways, after about a year or so, you know, I was like, you know what, I, I can't live like this anymore. Um, this, yeah, something has to change and I can do whatever I want to do if I just set my mind to do it. And I decided at that point I was going to give myself a uh, nutrition plan an exercise plan and just get to work. And I started training for my first triathlon. Uh, and this was, I started training for tri Waco and this, I think was, uh, 2011, okay. I want to say, um, in the process of, I think I've actually raced it and I actually won my age group and was like second overall. Um, but then and continuing to train for try, I had a bike accident and fractured my shoulder. And so then I couldn't, um, I couldn't swim, uh, and because I had to let my shoulder heal, um, but I could end up riding a bike. And so I started riding my bike more, started training with a local group, started racing bikes. And then within three years was on a domestic elite team traveling around the country racing. Yeah. So that was really fun. Um, until I had another bike accident and fractured some bones in my back. Oh my goodness. 
and then when I, you know, when you're laying on the side of the road, not sure if you can move your legs. Oh, you my, you're questioning. <laughs> yeah. You're questioning the life choices for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So then that was in 2014. Um, and point, I was like, you know, I'm just going to focus on my career um, in public health. I had uh, a good job there with a healthcare system and just wanted to focus on that. And I thought, you know, I can just compete at like a regional level and just kind of exercise for health and just to stay happy and, you know, and satisfy some of that like competition craving with just some like local or regional races. Um, but after about a year or so of that, I once again, just found like, you can't really ignore your dreams for too long because they're, they're just there. And it feels like they're just like consistently nagging and they're like, Hey, 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 I'm here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so then in 2017, I was like, fine, darn it. Okay. Like let's do this. Um, and I, you know, outwardly I seemed to be happy, but I felt like I was fairly depressed too. Um, when I was in that state of, you know, working and kind of like just, denying those dreams that I had. Um, right. I just seemed pretty unhappy on the inside. But then in 2017, I was like, you know what, I'm going to go for it. You know, and this is the year, this is my year, you know, this is the year I'm going to take back whatever those doubts, those fears, and that depression had stolen from me. Um, I'm going to go for it. And so then uh, in 2017, I started, I was like, okay, I have to learn how to swim. I'm going to learn how to <laughs> learn how to swim and do triathlon and see if I can qualify for my elite license. And so I ended up winning all three national duathlon titles oh and that's the long course, um, the Olympic and then the sprint distance. And then also was like, I think it was, I was third at the USAT Olympic uh, nationals and that earned me my elite license. Um, but then I also was first age group overall um, at Ironman Cozumel, which I had no idea at the time that that got me, um, that qualified me for elite license too. So anyways, oh, that's how wow. I got into the sport. <laughs> wow. So what year was Cozumel? I'm trying to figure out that, if that was the year I was there. That was 2017. That was the end of okay. September. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's such a fun race. I love that race. So wow. Oh I yeah. I did not know that. So you went, wow, that's amazing. And you know, so yeah. right here, I just want to unpack those lessons, you know, not even just to sport to anybody listening is, you know, I think everyone has a God given dream and you can only be your happiest and feel fulfilled if you chase that. There's that one thing that, like you said, it's nagging you. It's the thing that lights you up. It's the thing that it might not even make sense, but it lights you up. And if you don't give into that, you are, you're going to struggle with, you know, so much conflict within yourself and uh, you just have to go for it, despite the adversity, because, you know, you were overcoming mm -hmm. adversity after adversity after adversity. But adversity yeah. doesn't mean it's a closed door. It means maybe there's a way around this or I just keep going or it might show you and give you the gratitude to say, no, I really need to chase this because even though it isn't easy, I still really want it. And that's a real, you know, that's a real key point that even after all this, you still wanted that and it was still there. And uh, that's a great lesson, you know, in itself. So that's an amazing yeah. journey, Danielle. Amazing. Well, <laughs> so, so meanwhile, you're still working. And even mm -hmm. as a professional, you were, you're still working, right? You were still working mm -hmm. for most of that. Yeah. So I started, I took, I started, um, in the pro field in 2018, um, worked, was working full time and then, um, worked 
also full-time much of 2019 um, before moving to Boise um, okay. and then was full-time um, kind of towards just a little bit towards the end of the season of 2019 and then um, and then of course of well 2020 does anyone really count 2020 anything so crazy <laughs> I know it's so crazy <laughs> yeah so it's been a really steady progression uh, moving through the the pro ranks this whole time um, yeah. so I'm really yeah I've been really thankful to see that progression because a lot of my success in the sport has been, has been very dependent on being able to swim. Yeah. Uh, and that's been one of the hardest things I've, no, that has, that is the hardest thing I've ever had to do in relation to sport right. uh, is learn how to swim uh, just because it's a very unnatural feeling if you don't grow up in the water. Yeah. And it, yeah. And you know, it requires you to think a lot differently if you're just used to um, muscling through. It's not a muscle yeah. through sport. You got to have it work with you and for you. Yeah. I, I think so many people can relate because for any of us age groupers who weren't, you know, child swim competitive, uh, you know, kids, it's, it's, it's a journey. It's, I mean, I'm still at the very beginning stages of it and yeah, I, I get it. <laughs> so it's, yeah. it's, it's amazing to look at someone like you and say, you know, it's inspirational. Once again, I'll pull this out, you know, if you can learn and, and, you know, be able to compete and win at this level, you know, and continue to chase that swim, you know, it's possible for anybody. So it's like, it's inspirational to watch, you know, a lot of the pros who, you know, the swim has been their struggle and watch them continue to work and continue to get better. It's inspiring to all of us. So yeah, no, I get it. I get it with the swim for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You just kind of have to get out of your own way. And even, Mm -hmm. you know, I swim coaching now, and that's, that's a lot of what I'm learning is just how, how mental, well, I mean, I've known how mental swimming is, but just to allow your mind to be free because your body will follow if you just free mm-hmm. your mind up. Because um, mm-hmm. your mind can definitely get in the way in the water um, when you're constantly chasing uh, times or efforts or I don't know. There's just so many different yeah. nuances. Yeah. Uh, it, but if you can just really relax your mind, then the body will relax and it becomes a lot easier to feel the water and ultimately move through the water. No, that's awesome. And then it's so frustrating. You go to the pool and sometimes you'll see these little kids just flying by oh. like, what the heck? <laughs> I was, that's funny. I was, so I was training down in Arizona for a few weeks recently and um, there was one afternoon. Yeah, it was in the afternoon. I was funny. I was swimming next to some of the junior swimmers and I was actually so excited because I was like swimming right next to them or yeah. like, something faster than them on some things. I'm like, all right, like this is awesome. Like I know yeah. I've made it, but I can swim with the kids. With the kids. <laughs> exactly. No, it's so, yeah. I know that's the one thing I regret going back is I wished, you know, I had, you know, gotten involved in swim. Uh, I was a Florida kid, so we just swam for fun, but I was never in competition swim. So, yeah, it's mm-hmm. a, definitely a journey, I know. Well, you have, you know, come to the ranks. You've proved yourself. You had an amazing year this year just by, you know, we highlighted, you know, one of your biggest races on another episode. But the one I wanted to talk to you about today was Alcatraz because it's just such a different, gritty, hard race. And I think that kind of suits you, you know, because mm-hmm. you and that day, this, the, you know, this last year, it was a gritty day too. the weather conditions so let's jump in you know so let me ask you this if I'm an age grouper and I'm looking at Alcatraz like for me it's on my bucket list but I'm I, in my mind I'm still like you know what I want to be a stronger swimmer before I take on that race um mm-hmm. and then also you know the, the the way the run is to the sand ladder the trail all of it 
um, just jump into, was that the first time you had done Alcatraz or had you done it before? It is. Yeah, okay. It was my first time. And I okay. obviously I had, I had, it was never on my radar ever. I, I always thought it was a race that, oh, I don't know. I'm not good enough to go to, or yeah. like, I, I don't know. I got an email and they're like, Hey, do you want to come? I was like, okay, sure. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so did you have the time to really, um, switch your training? Did you? There wasn't too much really that we needed to do. Um, okay. you know, we, we already, it's, it is a shorter distance than a 70.3. So maybe a few more speed sessions or some, a few more power things, but, um, yeah, it's, it is a shorter race though. It's only, I mean, for us, it was just over two hours of racing. So that's less than most training days. So there wasn't too much different that we needed to really do just kind of like, kind of get yourself more into the right mindset for that race. I think for myself was, uh, maybe more important because it's not one that you can say, okay, I'm going to hold like this power for this right. period of time on the bike. And I'm going to like aim for this pace average. You, you have to throw literally all of that out the window and it's just pure athleticism that gets you through this course. You've that- got to be scrappy from start to finish. Yeah. Yeah. So take mm-hmm. us through that starting with the swim. That's pretty cool how they take you out there. I mean, did you have butterflies jumping into that water? Were you nervous at all of the sharks or I mean, what was going through your mind? <laughs> uh, just don't be like the last person or like yeah. swim off in like no man's shark land. Bait. You yeah. probably don't have to yeah. worry about the sharks. Yeah. Um, but so, okay. I, I had, I didn't know what to expect. Right. But that's kind of like one of the things like, okay, you don't know what to expect. So you just embrace the moment and try to be very present with where you are. There's a lot of people there. You're all literally in the same boat. Yeah. Um, nothing, nothing bad is going to happen. You know, you just like got to chill out and just try to relax as much as possible. And that's really kind of the mindset that you have to be when you're getting onto the boat with all these other athletes. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny, like you have to, so you wear your, they have to make everybody wear their wetsuits when they're getting on the boat. And then right. you don't have a chance to like, you don't have any of their clothes or anything. And, um, like peeing is the hard thing. Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah. you're on this boat for, you know, I don't know, maybe an hour or so before oh, you goodness. actually get in the water. Yeah. And so then you're like, okay, I got to strip my wetsuit down just to go pee like every time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyways, that's, I just found that interesting. Um, so our day, it was actually very foggy and we could not do the, for safety purposes, they did not want us to do the original design of the course where they kind of take you out closer to the prison and then you have to swim towards shore and then move or go towards the right uh, to swim in the fast channel uh, to ultimately get out on the shore. Okay. it's more kind of kind of like a like kind of like an L shape depending on how you swim the course. Um, you generally would swim more of like a curved shape, right, to get to right. the channel. So they had to start us off closer into shore. So it eliminated that first stretch where you is the that's the from what I've heard is the most challenging part is swimming um, perpendicular to shore. Okay. Um, Cause once you get into the channel, you're swimming parallel to shore and it's and you're flying. It's very fast. Okay. okay. So okay. generally the stronger swimmers really like having that first part because that's where they can separate. Um, separate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause once you're in the channel, it kind of like neutralizes the field almost. Right. Um, you know, but for someone like myself, I was kind of okay with, yeah, you're like, this is perfect. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And 
yeah so anyways so then the, the they make everybody um the pros were allowed to dive off the dock or the the side of the boat okay. but it's a it's a pretty big dive um, yeah you, but for the for age groupers you are required to jump in feet first um and so the big thing that uh is recommended if you do have to jump in to a body of water before starting to swim um generally you want to more of like bring your knees to your chest and jump in okay. don't like jump in like a pin right because okay. you're just gonna like sink down really fast okay that makes um, sense yeah yeah so that way you can get your body more um on the surface of the water quicker okay um, instead of jumping down and going in like really really deep that makes right, sense right 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 mm -hmm. so no, then uh they have a whole bunch of support vessels out there whether it's kayaks or boats and so uh there are so also the day before or the day or two when they have the expo for the race, there is a booth there with, uh, it's like they're open water swimming folks that are out there swimming in the bay all the time. Um, and you can go and you can chat with them and talk to them about the best way to site for okay. this specific race, because the siting for this race is fairly specific. There's like a few key landmarks on shore that you want to look, be looking for. Right. Um, and they, they have like a, big map and they have like the big pictures and they can show you exactly what you should be looking for. I know like you, there's a big dome that at some point you need to look for. Um, I'm not going to try to explain all the things now. But yeah. yeah, no, no, <laughs> that, say, that's helpful. Yeah, that's good to know. Yeah. yeah. And so then when you're out there, you know what you should be looking for. But quite honestly, when we were out there, I felt like there were so many support vessels i i didn't really need to cite that much i just needed to make sure that i was staying like in the middle lane where the support vessels are right. because they obviously don't want anybody swimming on the outside of the the channel that they create if that makes right. sense right no that makes total sense. and then the water was cold i mean the water temp what was the water temps that day do you remember it was, it was yeah it was like... probably upper 50s oh. or 60 maybe I don't know it was it was maybe 60 degrees plus or minus a couple okay. degrees so it was chilly but um yeah you just start just start swimming don't even think about it <laughs> you know if you want to wear like some earplugs sometimes that helps alleviate the feeling of the cold in the body um, right. and prevents vertigo sometimes if cold water hits your eardrums it can make you feel a little dizzy um some people also you might want to do like a dramamine patch okay uh so if you are prone to getting seasick uh, then because you're on the boat for about an hour or so I mean, it's a big uh, yeah. boat but that might be something to consider and then also with some of the chop and the stuff that can cause that seasick type feeling in people so maybe just throw a germamine patch on um, non-drowsy right obviously. <laughs> before beforehand yeah yeah uh, no, good to yeah know. so just maybe a couple of tips to deal with that yeah no that's great that's great so then as you're coming into to shore um, what position were you in at this point? Like, did you, did you have a sense? Wow. You know, this, the swim went better than I thought, or I'm, I'm hearing the feedback or, you no, know, by the end of the swim. I didn't, I didn't really, I, I, I found out at some point, I, uh, my husband, I, I don't know at some point during the whole, because T1, the first transition is very, 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 very long. It's like over half a mile. Whoa, wow. Um, and so at some point during that time, my husband told me, I think I was like two minutes or two and a half minutes behind the leader, which when I heard that, I thought that was very exciting because that yeah. meant that 
I knew that I could bike and run my way back into, back, yeah. back into it. Um, and I, he also gave me a position. I, I don't remember what it was, but um, I don't know. I don't remember exactly what position it was, but I knew that I, I knew my time from the leader. That was important to me. Right. Right. Um, but you, when you come out of the water, there's uh, like a sandy beach. And then you have about five or six stone steps that you run up. Um, and then, excuse me, then you also have the option to leave a set of running shoes um, at the exit of the swim. If you're not comfortable running on the concrete from the swim exit into the grassy area of where your bike is. Okay. Um, now that would take, if you really care about how fast you're going, uh, that's not something I necessarily recommend unless you just feel like you want to protect your feet, then right. you can do that. But it would definitely take a significant amount of time to find your bag with your, your number shoes. on it and get yeah. your shoes and all of that. So the run is all on very smooth concrete um, for the most part until you are getting closer to the area where your bike is. Then it's um, maybe a smaller stretch of kind of a rougher asphalt but your feet are also numb. So you're not going to feel anything until like after you finish the race. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of like, it's kind of like doing something now and asking for forgiveness yeah. later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. gotcha. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's the whole long transition area. Okay. So, and then how does the bike start, start? How does the, what is it? Yeah. The, the first two miles, I believe, two two-ish miles somewhere in there it's flat it's flat as a pancake very fast and did you um, use a road bike did you do road bike or did you do air uh try no, yeah you know i'll i'll ride a tt bike on any course um okay. except if i'm going up like alp was or something which i've never ridden yeah. up but unless you're going like time trialing straight up a mountain then a tt bike's generally always faster okay i'm just wondering too danielle how much did the weather play a factor in in the bike portion yeah, so um, like I had mentioned earlier, it was real foggy um, to start the day, but then it also became pretty rainy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so the roads were wet um, and it was raining. It wasn't like coming down like, you know, thunderstorm or anything, but um, it was enough to make everything wet. And with it being already a technical bike course, it just made it even more technical Yeah. because of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So did you hold, I mean, did you feel like you had to hold back some for safety or, you know, how do you take it, those types of conditions when you face them? Well, I always enjoy challenging conditions. I think it just makes the day more interesting and also yeah. just makes it go by faster. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's just a different factor to focus on. Obviously there's maybe a little bit more risk, but um, at least with my background in, in cycling, I would prefer more any challenging conditions, right? I feel like it is more of an advantage for me, but um, this race, I did not, I didn't, I didn't ride the course beforehand. We drove the course, which with this one, I definitely recommend if you can drive it in advance so that you can see uh, all the points to take note of um, specifically the climbs and then to see the uh, any technical turns that there are there's there are a few um technical turns one of note on the way back here you come well on the way down um there is a turn it's a pretty steep descent with um just a turn at the bottom uh which with it being wet 
that yeah. I think there was actually uh, some accidents there this this last oh. year because of that. Oh. But if you if you drive in advance, you know you can at least make note of where those things are. Um, but you know, for myself, I, I hadn't ridden the course in advance, and so um, I wasn't. It wasn't like it was the course was ingrained in in my mind as far as like where the turns were. And so I think I rode a little bit more cautiously than I probably mm -hmm. would have um, if the roads were dry. Because with it being wet, I didn't want a turn to sneak up on me right. and then me have to make a really sudden action on the wet roads. Right. Um, so I know that I gave up a little bit of time just because of I wasn't like as familiar as I would have liked to be. Right. But um, anyways, yeah. Anyways, for anybody that's doing it, definitely recommend driving the course. There's some section that you can't drive because you actually ride on uh, a path, like a walking or bike path. Okay. Um, and so, but that's, it's not a big deal. Um, just at least making mental note of where it is, is good. Okay. Um, but yeah, so with this course, it's only about 18 miles. Uh, okay. It's, it's not long. Right. Um, and so there are, I think, I, I think of it as like three big hill climbs. There's a few little like, you know, poppers, I guess, whatever you want to call them in, in there. But there's just three major climbs. I looked back at my um, training peaks file to see, you know, roughly how long they took me and anywhere. So those three hills, anywhere from around four to six minutes in range. So um, it, it takes some time, but, you know, what goes up must come down, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> So, so did you climb, yeah. how, how, how quickly did you start, um, gaining position on the bike course? Like did, did you, you know, I know you, you were chasing a little bit, um, how far in before you caught up or, or did you catch up on the bike? I did make up a few positions on the bike. Um, I probably, I think, you know, it's not a very long bike. Um, right. so I really started catching people, from my recollection, it's been a while, uh, but it was more of the second half of the bike is when I really started uh, making moves and catching up. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. So then you, you know, you're coming off the bike um, transition, you know, how did that go? I think I, I think I saw you do a pretty smooth transition. I was like goals. I saw you just kind of really just glide off that, that bike. It was pretty, it was pretty sweet, especially in the conditions to see your dismount. Um, very oh. impressive. Uh, oh. but how, so how did that go switching over to the run? How were you feeling? Well, getting off the bike is always easier than getting on the bike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's always easy to come off. Um, yeah. So yeah, the transition went well. Uh, you know, I think I just remember after the race, my feet being so bruised from really? some of the hard surfaces that yeah. were out there. Cause we had the, you know, the long T1 and then there was maybe a little bit of rough area um, yeah. just before you, in T2. Um, but you don't, you don't notice it when you're actually racing. Right. Cause you just right. have adrenaline taking over and, but uh, yeah, so T2 was fine. Um, fairly uneventful. Just get in, get out, uh, get your run twos on and and then it's just time to go to work. It's a, for me, I always love uh, finishing the bike because at that point, you know, like nothing else can really go wrong unless right. like you've screwed up your nutrition or you cramp or something. But like, as far as like mechanically, you know that you've made it through the bike and all you have to do now is just run it. So it's always a good feeling. Yeah, now you're in control, at least, you know, you're in control of, of the destiny. Um, okay, so you're hitting the run. How long is the run again? 
I forget. It's uh, about it? eight miles. Eight miles. Yeah, that's what I thought. Eight mm-hmm. miles. Okay, so that's you know that's that's definitely a, a pretty good pace you're going to be carrying at, at that distance. Uh, you know, did you stick to your you know your goal? <laughs> stick to your plan, or did you have more adrenaline and push even harder than than you thought you initially would? No, I had no plan. Um, it's like I said earlier, it's a very scrappy race, and right. so with this one, it really requires. Uh, just a long. I'm sorry, my dog George. Would you cut it out? He's like being so needy right now, and he's like, "Pet me, pet me, pet me." Oh, pet him! <laughs> he's welcome on the show for sure. Let that baby oh. be petted while you're talking. Okay, he's being annoying, but okay, I'll pet him. Oh, he's fine. <laughs> he's fine. Um, yeah, he's disrupting my train of thought, but it's fine. Okay, so as I was saying. <laughs> This course is good for uh, long course athletes to kind of get out of their or our very rigid way of thinking about racing. Yeah. Usually it's like, okay, during the the bike, I'm going to hold this power average for this amount of time, or this is my speed average goal that I want to hit, or for right. the run, I want to average this pace for like every mile in a row. And it's like, okay, yeah. well, you can't do that on this course. Right. Um, I... I didn't actually know what the run course was before the race. I was just kind of like, well, I'm just going to go out there and see what it is, um, which it was kind of fun. I didn't know what to expect at all. So it was like a new thing at every turn. I didn't realize that I knew there was a fair amount that was on um, like trail or dirt. Mm-hmm. And so I chose a shoe that I felt like would perform well um, in that. But then um also, um, yeah, it's, it, it's always, it's always changing. So, you know, you, you go out the first half mile is still like that long concrete section before you get to, um, the, the dirt area and then it's flat for a little bit. Um, but yeah, then at that point you just kind of have to just turn into an athlete and just race and just really just have fun. Cause it's a really fun course. Um, especially when you start climbing into the trails. And for us, it was really muddy um, mm-hmm. and fairly, fairly slick also. And so there was, it was a bit challenging of just deciding like which side of the trail to run on. And you're kind of like hopping from side to side in certain sections. There's uh, like a tunnel you go through. Um, you have to like duck your head so you don't hit your head if you're tall. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, yeah, there's some other like little steps that you've got to go up uh, on the way out. And then, um, and then of course there's the infamous sand ladder, which, uh, I, yeah, once again, I didn't really know what to expect, but that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. So you don't have time to get in your own head because there's just so many mm-hmm. things coming. It's like survival, which is actually kind of fun. Uh, yeah. I, I, I never looked at pace. I was yeah. just so in, involved in just racing yeah, um, and so that was that was really a lot of fun. Um, and then, of course, there was another long section that was just all on the beach. And so you're just running through the sand, and you're like, "Oh my gosh! Like, when is this going to end? <laughs> this is miserable." Yeah, that's tough. <laughs> wow. Um, it's fun. It's kind of like brings back just like being a kid. It's like, okay, sprint on the beach and get here as fast as you can. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Now, <laughs> did you know that you were in contention for the podium, uh, you know, by the time you got towards the end of the run? So I, um, uh, I think 
I think I knew what position I was in when I started the run, but then um, when I hit the sand ladder, I saw Jody. She was maybe about halfway up the sand ladder or so, okay. maybe maybe a third of the way up the sand ladder, and I uh, made it my goal to get to her by the top of the sand ladder. Oh wow! So that well, because I thought that I needed to do that so that whenever she got to the top, she wouldn't surge and then gap me. So I was like, okay, if I can get to her, then I can run with her and stay with her through, you know, the, the windy and curvy section and then maybe make a move um, towards the end. So I kind of had an advantage because I don't know if she knew that I was coming, but I could see her on the stand ladder. So I'm like, okay, I've got to get to her as quickly as I can up this thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Makes it so fun too, though. (laughs) What a fun race. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And there's some techniques they talk about as far as like getting up the ladder. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the, like a rope that you can hang on to or like pull yourself up if you need to do that. Uh, some people do. Um, I think I employed kind of a run, walk a few steps strategy okay. um, because it's, yeah, it's, there's, it's a lot of steps um, yeah. can be a little bit steep at times. So um, I just, you really try to keep my like breathing under control, but yet working on getting to the top with Jody as fast as I could. So, yeah. And did you catch her? Did you catch her at the top? Yeah, I did. Oh, oh. yeah. <laughs> I mean, was she surprised? Do you think you caught her by surprise? Uh, I think so. I, I, I oh, think I did. And then I felt bad a little bit because there was a very windy shortly after this, cause I was behind her. Um, but I, I couldn't pass. Right. And uh-huh. you know, you don't want to be, I, I, I don't want to be an athlete that just kind of like just sits, sits, sits and let somebody else do the work. Um, yeah. you know, and I, I don't, I don't mind taking turns. Um, uh, you know, yeah. every race there's different strategies to employ, right. but on, on this one, it was kind of a really windy, very slippery, muddy section we're going through and it wasn't like a good spot for me to pass so I felt kind of bad I'm like right on her heels for kind of a long time um but it just wasn't very safe to pass but anyways it was it was just fun oh my goodness okay so then you make the pass and and then how much is left of this run uh I made a pass with about uh it was under a mile to go it was uh when because the, the windy section kind of spits you out back onto the flat um, dirt section. And then from that dirt section, then you hit that half mile away point on that um, concrete section that you ran um, in, in T1. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so it was at some point after we were spit out, maybe it was like three quarters of a mile to go. Oh, wow. How exciting. Now, where's your husband at this point? Is he within viewing range being able to yell or no? Oh, well, he was somewhere at the finish line. So, okay. Okay. yeah, he was just waiting. <laughs> oh, my goodness. How exciting. So you get to the finish. How long is the finish stretch? Oh, it's pretty long. Yeah, that's right. Uh, <laughs> and I didn't know, you know, Jody has a really, um, speedy background yeah you know and I know she <laughs> she can sprint so I just I gave were... it all I had that last really long stretch oh wow yeah track flashbacks right mm-hmm. <laughs> well <laughs> kind of more cross-country flashbacks <laughs> okay gotcha how exciting yeah. so so well and this was your first time so to be on the podium I mean how did that feel was it kind of surreal 
It was. I, I didn't have many expectations going into the race, but I don't know that I expected to get second. So yeah, yeah. But that's uh, the kind of race I think that you just feel so fulfilled and so because you know, like you said, it's so gritty, it's so challenging, it's so unpredictable. That one just had to feel, you know, so good uh, to play mm-hmm. so high and to win, you know, that race like that and play and place, you know, in second. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you. That's. <laughs> So awesome. Well, I, yeah, I, I wanted to make sure we got that because I know, you know, that race will be coming up again this summer. So people are starting to, you know, think about it, train for it. Uh, and I wanted to, you know, get some more insight on it. So thank you for that. But Danielle, what are we looking at for this year? What can you tell us so far, you know, whether it's goals or if you already have a little bit of a race plan? Uh, we're so excited to know how to track you this year. Oh, thanks. Um, so I'll kick off this season in Oceanside. Okay. Um, and that's the April 1st. And then three weeks after that is Ironman Texas. And that's the America's Championship. Um, there's five Kona slots there um, in Texas, which is a lot. So there's probably going to be a lot of people who want one of those slots. So <laughs> yeah. I imagine it'll be pretty competitive. Um, so that's very exciting. I raced Texas last year and um, I, I think I told you before, I, I've learned some lessons the hard way. In that yeah, that, yeah, was my, yeah. that was my first full. So it'll be nice to go back and hopefully have a little bit of retribution, but yeah, <laughs> just yeah. really hopefully execute a good clean race and um, earn a Kona slot would be the, the big goal for that. How exciting. I have a lot of, um, I have a, a new friend pro that's going to, well, two new friend pros that work, I'm going to be interviewing as well. Uh, so first year pro, they'll be racing Oceanside. And I'm usually, I'll probably be at Oceanside because I do a training camp with my coach out there afterwards. So I I would love to be able to be there and cheer you on. Oceanside is such a, I think it's really, I don't know if you've done it before, but it's a gritty race too, in Mm -hmm. so many ways. And I think it's going to suit you perfectly. I think you're going to just step up. Uh, will this be your first time doing Oceanside or have you done it before? It'll be my third oh, time you know okay yeah yeah it's a fun race I really enjoy it oh that's so exciting well mm-hmm. we will be cheering you on and then um you know I'm assuming we go the world will say we grab our Kona slot in Texas and then mm-hmm. will it pretty much be if it goes that direction just focusing then the rest of the year or are you going to still continue to race quite a bit Oh yeah, no. There's a lot of um, races on the calendar here. Let's see. I can. I just uh, pulling it up here. Um, I you know I have a ten tendency. I focus on like one thing at a time. No, absolutely. It's the <laughs> so, best. Way to do it. Um. So there's St. George. Um. Okay. And, and and everything on the list here is always subject to change for sure. you know whatever reason. Um. There's Chattanooga. Um, my husband is racing Hanu 70.3. Oh, I'll be out there too. Are you going to be out oh, there as well? Yes. And I'm not racing. I'm so excited to go to Hawaii and just sit oh, on the beach. Danielle, how fun. <laughs> we'll definitely have to connect. So my goal oh, is yeah. to land my Kona slot there. Cause you know, that's the, I think mm-hmm. I said that in the discord, it would be so efficient for me time-wise with my, uh, you know, my work life kids schedule to be able to, grab my Kona slot there and, um, you know, save that 
time and then just train for one, you know, for Kona, uh, for one full distance training block. But, you know, you never know what can happen. But how exciting you guys will be there. That'll be awesome. Yeah, I'll have to, I'll give you all of your, uh, the information you need when you're out there racing. How's that sound? Oh, I love it. <laughs> I've done that race before too. It's so fun and it'll be fun to, you know, to go back. It was one of my earlier races when I first started to, so, you know, it's always fun to race like one for the second time, like you're yeah. saying Texas to see your progression. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited to go and, and just, um, like I said, be in Hawaii and not race. Oh. Of course, I'll be training um, and then oh, hopefully be it. able to scope out some of the uh, areas that I hope to race in October. Yeah. So that would Absolutely. be good to, to see all of that, um, you know, a few months beforehand without seeing it for the first time. Yeah. Um, right oh. before the race. So. And then, uh, let's see, of course there's Oregon, which is a fun race. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there's a lot of waterfall teammates that like that race also. I love that. Uh, There's the PTO races that I have my eye on, um, the world championships in Finland. Um, yeah, maybe the Collins Cup, I don't know. That's so awesome. Well, it's going to be so fun to track you and watch you this year. Um, hopefully we have some more uh, waterfallies going to Hanu too. And we could do a pro meetup and everything. That would be awesome. Yeah. Uh, that'd be perfect. All righty. Well, keep us posted. We love your social media. You're hilarious. You're, we love your sense of humor. <laughs> You're so fun. And boy, do we love to see you race because I don't know, there's something about you that's always like this challenge that comes up and you're the one that always overcomes the challenge. It's so fun to watch you. You probably would rather it go smooth, but it does yeah. make for good watching. Well, okay. That's why I'm laughing. I'm like, well, I would love a race that wouldn't be like exciting, stupid right? wouldn't happen. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But hey, it does make, you're keeping the the, the viewers uh, interested. So, you know, keep okay. at it. Um, not on purpose, but oh, thanks. <laughs> All righty. Well, thank you so much for your time. Happy training. Um, you know, stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, we'll continue to follow you this year. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Joy. Well, there you have it. Are you ready to put Alcatraz on your list now? It sounds like such a fun race. Definitely something I'm going to look into and, and go back in for the lottery to, to make that happen. But before I go, I want to close out with our mindset minute. And, you know, especially from today's episode, uh, between Dr. Shivas talking about, you know, making sure, especially as women, that we keep our health top of mind. And then even Danielle referencing in her beginnings about, you know, maintaining a healthy weight and some of the pressure that was there for her as a younger athlete. It's just a big reminder for all of us to to keep our health top of mind. You know, there's nothing, uh, there's no performance worth sacrificing our health for. And, you know, I think it's a topic that I want to get on in another episode, even, uh, you know, something even my coach referenced uh, on a FaceTime live about, you know, eating the calories that you truly need for this and not, you know, not chasing a scale. We need to be chasing how we feel, making sure we're fueled, making sure we're healthy and, you know, nothing is more important than that. So let's keep that in mind as, you know, we, we get heavy now into our training season. Let's make sure that our health is first and everything else will follow.
Well, thanks for joining us today on our Waterfall Racing Podcast. Hopefully there were some good takeaways for you. And hopefully it gave you a little bit more insight into who we are. If you would like to find out more or join our community, go to waterfallracing.com. You can find us on Instagram as well. If you have a mailbag question that you would like us to answer, send me a DM at jmcadams5 on Instagram. We'll be answering some of those questions in future episodes. And remember, when it comes to training, sometimes it's just about showing up. I love the mantra, anything's better than nothing. Not every session is going to go perfect, but show up. Consistency is always king. Happy training.